welcome back to the footyjumpers.com podcast. Uh, my name is Rob and my co-host is Lee. Hello everybody and welcome back to the footyjumpers.com podcast. So last time we reached 1995 and the introduction of the sublimated jumpers. So these offered the different designs that came out in the pre-seasons of 95 and 96 and then into the late 90s away jumpers. So um, let's just kick straight into it. What happens basically the rest of the 90s then, Rob? Well, more of those sublimated jumpers for a start. Uh, I suppose, well, the first thing I suppose we should note, 1996, the AFL has their uh, centenary logo. They put that on all of the jumpers and the shorts. And so, um, yeah, everybody had a 100th season of the, uh, of the AFL. And uh, 1996, Fitzroy played their last game and uh, they were replaced in the competition in the, in 97 by Port Adelaide. Uh, Port Adelaide came in with home jumper, away jumper, pre-season jumper. You know, they were, they were geared up for absolutely everything. And then uh, you've also got St Kilda start wearing their pre-season, what we, well, I guess what I call the the Crusader, the uh, the red jumper with the black cross and, and the white panel. Uh, and the other thing that was interesting was that Richmond uh, dropped the sash off the back of their jumpers and they just had a black back with yellow numbers for a while. Right. How long um, How long did that last? Uh, they bought it back in 2005, so 10 seasons right. of black tigers. And the I Saints? Rich with a gold number. Yeah, um, yeah right. Saints, Saints weren't quite as long. So uh, there was a guy called Rod Butters who became the president of the of St Kilda, and as we understand it, he was the guy mainly responsible. I think he played like under 19s for St Kilda, and when he came in as you know president, one of his changes was we're going to go back to the old St Kilda jumper, uh, you know, which they brought in well basically after uh, World War One, uh, So, well, a fair bit after World War One, they wore yellow in uh, for mm-hmm. a few years there. But, uh, yeah, so they dropped the Crusader in 2002. And uh, they had been wearing their home jumpers, you know, their, their traditional red, white and black jumpers. They'd been wearing them as away jumpers, and then they changed, they just dropped them completely and went back to the... Uh, the panels yeah right so what else so we uh mentioned this is the start of port adelaide so um i know we hear a lot about the prison the prison bars jumper and wearing oh, it against no, adelaide yeah. i mean i know we we loosely mentioned it maybe a couple times in prior episodes but uh what was basically the summary of the deal there rob so, well, 1996, uh, it's clear that Fitzroy's going out of business. The league's offered, uh, and the league's expressed an interest in having a South Australian club. Realistically, there was really only one option, that was Port Adelaide. Uh, as part of their agreement to join the AFL, uh, obviously there's a club in the AFL, Collingwood, that have black and white stripes. So part of their agreement to join the AFL back then was they're going to drop the black and white stripes, they're going to drop the magpie nickname and they're going to call themselves something else. They settled on the power, obviously, and they also 
uh, decided to incorporate teal and silver into their club colours and that that was going to be part of how they were going to present themselves. Uh, obviously, they wear teal, black and white, and, you know, that's been their colours since. But realistically, all that's happened to this point is the AFL have allowed them to do it specifically for heritage purposes. But where it's not a heritage um, design, and, and I don't know why they allow others to use uh, their own heritage, but then they don't allow Port Adelaide to wear their own heritage. But it is to do with this agreement that they had in the, um, you know, in the well, before they even played a game in the AFL. Uh, so there are some clubs that bring out a design, um, well, realistically, Sydney playing in an old South Melbourne jumper every time they play in Melbourne now. Uh, that's their, effectively, their away jumper is white with a red V. Uh, now, it's not that different from the jumpers that they've got, and they never signed an agreement with the AFL that they wouldn't wear it. Uh, so Port Adelaide did sign an agreement, and to this point, they're still holding them to that. Although when it suits the AFL and they play Richmond in a final or they play Footscray in a uh, Western Bulldogs in a heritage game, um, then they didn't allow. So I mm. don't exactly know what has let them use it because um, realistically, I believe it was with Collingwood's permission that they used it in one case. I don't know why. Uh, well, obviously Collingwood are the team that is causing the... Um, not using the the black and white stripe for the you know, the prison bar design, but effectively it is black and white stripes. Uh, so yeah, for some reason it's the expectation is well, Collingwood is stopping them doing it, but I think it's the actual agreement that they've got with the AFL and not specifically Collingwood and or former presidents of that club. Yeah, yeah, okay, interesting. So um, what about the preseason jumpers? Yeah, well, we sort of touched on it last week. The 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 sublimated jumpers allow for varied designs. Uh, effectively, you you can print what you want onto the jumpers. Uh, there's a couple of things that go with that. For one thing, they're significant. Well, significant. I would say significantly cheaper. They are cheaper to make than the acrylic jumpers that you know had been in use. Uh, they also allow for varied designs, you know, as we just mentioned. And so what's happening, well, what happened in 95 was Fitzroy, uh, Footscray, as they were then called, Hawthorne and North, all came out with pre-season jumpers straight away. Over the next few years, and by that, by the end of the 90s, let's call it, effectively everyone except uh, Brisbane, Essendon, Frio and Geelong, all of the others had something for a pre-season. So Richmond had, you know, claw marks, black jumpers with yellow claw marks. Uh, Carlton had a blue, a navy jumper with a white stripe down the middle. Collingwood had this, I guess I'll call it the barcode magpie. It had, like, stripes of varying thicknesses, and then some of them were... Black, you know, black at the top and white at the bottom, and others were white at the top and black at the bottom. Uh, as I understand it, that was designed by the receptionist at Puma at the time, and so she sat there, you know, doing <laughs> drawings of footy jumpers. 
which is there's no shame in that. I can say that I've possibly done that myself in the past. <laughs> Never actually had it produced by Puma for Collingwood, though. So kudos to her. Yeah, it's <laughs> but, a it is a fair. I don't know if she got anything for it. Just, <laughs> yeah, got to stay on as the receptions. But um, yeah, uh, Fitzroy had the chevrons down the side, which was kind of funky. Uh, St Kilda ended up doing something similar years later with one of their away jumpers. But yeah, so everybody dipped their toe in. Well, everybody except four uh, sort of dipped their toe in with the preseason jumpers. Tried something new and interesting. Yeah, just everybody's having a crack, seeing what they can create. And sell. Yeah. <laughs> and sell, and sell, of course. The big point there. Um, so these yeah. these sort of weird designs, like, you know, the Fitzroy chevrons down the side and whatnot, are these just for the pre-season jumpers? Oh, no, no. They, there's, there's, well, um, I'm probably sounding a bit cynical, but uh, <laughs> one of the things with a pre-season jumper is, yeah, that's terrific. You've got a pre-season jumper, you wear it once or twice, and if you, if you lose, that's it. You never wear it again. Um, yeah. You know, Haw- Hawthorne's most famous jumpers is their 95 pre-season jumper, uh, which they wore once, they lost, and never wore it again. But that's the diamond disaster that, you know, has gone down in history. Uh, the club had a run of of producing them only recently and they sold out fairly quickly you know so it, it's weird you know one game jumpers mm. so what they started doing these, these other clubs were a lot of the clubs were doing was they were then introducing away jumpers so they would wear them every second week they'd have their away jumper on so you got like um adelaide had a mostly red jumper but it was all you know with the crow logo on it and all sorts of uh, designs all over it. Uh, Hollywood had one which was a black jumper with thin white stripes, and then it had the Collingwood logo in the middle. Freo, oh, Freo's had some shockers. <laughs> they had one which was a, it was a, a white sash which faded to purple and then was on the top of green, white, and purple stripes. Uh, so that was their away. Oh, and then it had a shield on the back, which was white for their numbers to go on. It was just crazy. It was sort of, it was the sort of thing that you would never ever get, you know, if you'd had the old school acrylic jumpers. They just wouldn't yeah. be able to make, you know, knit that. Um, maybe someone's nana was that talented, but yes, it's yeah. fair if it for someone or not. Yeah, uh, Geelong had one that was so navy blue that. People complained about it because it looked more like a Carlton jumper than a Geelong jumper. Uh, so they only used it for a year and, and then went to something that was so, it was just almost the same as their home jumper, you know, like the blue and white hoops. It's just it had a, a blue yoke at the top and a club logo on it. Um, I'll, we'll put these on the, the podcast has its own pages on the website. We'll put this on uh, podcast nine and uh, you know show you some samples of what these jumpers look like because there's quite a few of them. Um, Hawthorne had one which was a hawk's head and then it had claw marks on it as well. And that was, I think they mostly wore that in away games interstate for some reason. Mm. So, yeah, they, they just got, well, maybe a bit too clever. Um 
with their designs and and a bit creative and uh, yeah went to town on different designs and different options for basically for people to buy yeah right it's really the start of all these new and crazy designs before this it's everything sort of been the same for so many years it's just out of nowhere everyone's just gone to absolute town well that's true and i think um i mean realistically before this time you just couldn't do it like you could only do what you could do with a knitting machine yeah because you've moved from wool in the 50s and 60s to acrylic in the 70s and 80s and now you get this in the 90s and all of a sudden you can just do anything yeah logos on them you can do um basically anything you can do in graphic design do in illustrator or corel you put it into um a machine and that then effectively prints it it, it, the process is called sublimation it's gas it's a dye that's superheated to a gas and then injected into the material cooled down cut into footy jumpers and and this process of making the jumpers is what's still around today oh yeah yeah that's what they wear today i guess the only difference is the materials changed a bit um i mean back in the day it was effectively soccer jersey material um and this you know if you go if you look at some of like the epl they'd had this technology for a few years before Aussie rules had the technology or before they were making jumpers. And so what they're doing is that, that you know, the, the original jumpers fell apart, basically. <laughs> um, so then they start getting uh, heavier weight material. Uh, they start double stitching the material. They're starting to, uh, you know, correct their own mistakes, I suppose. But, um, yeah, the original jumpers, I mean, well, the other thing, the original jumpers... They just made the jumpers and then with the AFL logo, the sponsor logo, the um, the numbers, all of that had to get sewn on. Uh, so by about two, you know, by the end of the era that we're sort of talking about, uh, you get into the point where the uh, the logos are printed onto the jumper, uh, particularly, well, well, I suppose that's another thing we need to talk about is the apparel sponsors, the the people who make them started putting their logos on. But uh, these st- these sorts of things start being built into the jumper, you know, the AFL logo, as I say, the uh, the sponsor logo. Now we start actually printing that into the body of the jumper. And so the whole thing is just a effectively printed piece of material that then gets sewn together. And, um, mm. yeah. Right. So touch and... I suppose touching on that point you brought up the apparel sponsors so firstly are these is this the first time we're sort of seeing that sponsor like you know your puma logos and whatnot on the on the jumpers and shorts yeah definitely on the outside of the jumpers yeah i mean realistically the old school jumpers well i guess like any brand of clothing have you know just a tag inside the collar and that's it that's how you know who it is and um added bought up some of the old school wooden jumper manufacturers. Uh, one of them that was has been going around forever is Seacom, and they're still going around today, and now they're doing the Frio um, kit. But it, this is where you start getting Adidas and Puma and all the big-name European companies 
not only do they start manufacturing for the AFL clubs, but then they start putting their logos onto all of the equipment as well. So prior to this, you didn't know, you know, who made the shorts. And, well, realistically, the jumpers and the shorts might have been made by somebody different in early days. And then, then it became, you know, one brand. Maybe it was Adidas, maybe it was Seeker, maybe it was Brand Gallon or Jason or whoever, you know, some of these old school manufacturers. Maybe they did make the jumpers and the shorts and the socks, but you never knew because uh, they didn't have any tags on them from the outside. So at uh, 97 is the first year that just Adidas and Puma put their logos on the clubs that they were doing. And then uh, 97 was, uh, no, 98 was the first year of the, well, I call it a jock tag. It's that, you know, the tag at the bottom of the jumper and it's got the company logo. It's got the, well, now it's got the AFL logo and the club logo. Mm, and then it's yeah. got the apparel sponsor. So that's the jock tag. That's That goes in the bottom, what's that? The bottom left-hand left. side. Yeah. yeah. So it goes in the bottom left-hand corner of the jumper. Um, with Lotto uh, was the first one to do that with Richmond. And in 97, they were the only ones that had it. And then, that sorry, 98. 98, that happened 99. Uh, there was eight clubs had it in 99, and then everyone had it in 2000. And then going back to those, the, that's just the jock tag with the sponsors, the apparel sponsors on the jumpers. They didn't always have it where they have it today, which is under the neck. 90, like I say, 97, Adidas and Puma had them basically just in places where you could see them. Um, sometimes that was underneath the AFL logo. Sometimes that was on the other side above the AFL logo. Uh then you've got, um, well, Adelaide still had their Adidas logo under the AFL logo in 2000. Mm. And 2001 was the first season where there was like a standardised rule, you know, from the AFL that said the apparel sponsor goes under the neck, the AFL logo you know, goes on this side, the sponsor logo goes on that side. It can only be this big. Uh, can't be any bigger than whatever, and a jock tag logo goes down here, and that's how it all had to go. Uh, there was originally, um, was it like an AFL licensed product was what was on the the original versions of those tags, and then eventually it became just the AFL logo and the club logo. Right, right. Changed a bit over the journey. Yeah, it did definitely. So is it so? It's interesting, though, I guess the the big the big two players just come straight out and done it first. I guess that makes sense for the branding. So there was no issues in regards to AFL with the logos when that first came out for Adidas and Puma being on the jumper. Uh, I don't remember, or I don't know of any real problems that the yeah. AFL had. Um, I guess they, they worked on the principle it's easier to ask for forgiveness than permission. Uh, although, realistically, I think in most cases, the AFL don't allow much to go on their jumpers without somebody signing off on it. So, yeah. 
I don't actually know the answer to the question, did they have approval for it or not? I would think most likely they did. Um, having said that, I don't actually know, you know, who would have been responsible for it. Um, I mean, you know, as we probably mentioned on the podcast before, but every single jumper, every single design belongs to the AFL. It doesn't belong to the club. It From 1985, I think, or 84, uh, that's when the, the licensing agreement was signed at um, or the, the last time that this was signed off on. And then each club that's joined since then, West Coast, Brisbane, uh, Adelaide, Port Adelaide, GWS, Gold Coast, they've all had to sign on and say, yep, we agree to this set of rules and, and so forth. And one of those is you don't own anything. You don't own the logo. You don't own the name. You don't own the jumpers. You don't... <laughs> so, yeah, so when, like, well, you know, I've got some of the artwork from some of the jumpers from different manufacturers and so forth. Uh, those jumpers are generally uh, signed off, or they're, yeah, they're signed off uh, in the year before, and then they start making them, like the design is actually signed off and approved by the AFL the year before they're worn, before they're used. And so... For instance, all of the jumpers for next year will already be designed, I mean, unless there's, you know, various changes like sponsor logos, etc. But all of those changes will have to have already been approved um, and signed off by the AFL so that they can then go and get them manufactured. And then from the manufacturing, they then produce um, retail versions of them for people to buy it club shops and Rebel and wherever else you buy AFL stores, etc. wherever you buy footy jumpers. Mm. Uh, so, you know, for instance, all of the uh, Sir Doug Nichols round jumpers for next year will have already been, the artwork will have been done. That will have been, uh, what are we, well, we're recording this in July 2022. Uh, so... The jumpers for the Sir Doug Nichols round of 2023, the artwork for those will have already been uh, drawn, designed, painted, whatever it is, and uh, that will have already been signed off by the AFL for next year. Now, what they then have to do is digitise all of that. They have to put it into a format that you can make a footy jumper out of. Then they have to produce those jumpers. They will generally have them available for February, March for promotional shots, and as I say, you know, the, the jumpers that will be worn in Sir Doug Nichols round, well, the jumpers that were worn in Sir Doug Nichols round of 2022, they were taking photographs of those in February, March of this year. So mm. although they're released and, and everybody's wearing them in the middle of winter, they've been around for months. And so, uh, yeah, so all of these... Um, designs and all of these changes that they make, the the club come well, the, the designers, you know, the, the apparel sponsors really come up with the designs or the receptionist at the company. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so they come up with the design, they submit those to the AFL and they say, this is what we're looking to wear in next year. The AFL go, well, that all looks very good. Yep, that's fine. And they sign them off on it and then they can make it into a footy jumper. But right. 
design, that design, the name, the whole thing belongs to the AFL and, and it's an AFL product. And yeah. so you have to be licensed to sell an AFL product. You have to be licensed to, you know, do anything with the AFL and it costs, I think the last time I looked into it, it's like a hundred grand mm, gee. Uh, to, yeah, to sell AFL stuff. I think uh, so. I was wondering, um, last sort of point, just mentioned apparel a few times here, like back when these logos were so first on the jumpers, what was like the actual difference between like, let's say an Adidas jumper and a Puma jumper? Like, is it just the cut? Is it the material? Like what is it? Just the well, sponsorship? Back then, back then there was no difference. Uh, yeah. Back then, Adidas and Puma probably didn't even make them. Um, they were made for those companies, but the the sides were all, sorry, the, the seams were always down the side. There was no real template like you get today, which is realistically more designed uh, for, uh, well, designed for footy, basically, for Aussie rules footy. Uh, so they're, you know, they're sort of tapered in at the sides. Uh, they might start at the back and finish at the front now. And that's how, make, well, that's how Adidas make them, for example, whereas some of the others have the front go further to the back. And that's the way that they do it. I think cotton on jumpers that Geelong wear sort of do that a little bit. Uh, so mm. today they're a lot more templated the way that they produce them. But the era that we're talking, nine, six, seven, eight, nine, uh, they're basically just a front and a back that are sewn together, cuffs sewn in, you know, around the armholes, collar sewn in where the head goes. That's it. And then number sewn on the back, uh, AFL logo, sponsor logo sewn on the front, uh, sponsor logo sewn on the back. That's it. Yeah, really standardised across all the clubs. Yeah, there really wasn't a great deal of difference between any one of them. And as I say, the manufacturing facilities, I don't think too many of these apparel sponsors actually had them in Australia at this time. And so, you know, they would have outsourced it to somebody else to do it. Yeah. You know, they were outsourcing it to China and Fiji and places like that in years to come anyway. Uh, Some of that has stopped recently just because it's a bit more difficult to guarantee that that stuff is actually going to get here. So it has to come from Australia now. But, I mean, uh, Richmond and Port Adelaide played in a final and Port Adelaide got approval to wear their prison bar jumpers and they, by ISC, have a factory in Fiji and the people in Fiji, you know, the, the company in Fiji was actually doing the manufacturing of the ISC jumpers for Port Adelaide to wear in that game. So, yeah. Yeah, different, uh, different manufacturers have different facilities that they use to get them made. Some of them are under licence, uh, which means, you know, they're made for, I'll use Adidas as an example, you know, Adidas may not actually have any printing machine at their manufacturing facilities because they make runners and they, you know, they do make clothing, but they don't necessarily make footy jumpers. Yeah. yeah so. so these these basically were just another sponsor you could have on your jumper for <laughs> at the in '97. Oh, yeah, they were. I mean, they were made. As I say, they were made under license to that particular company. 
and there was quite a few at the time. You know, Footscray, Western Bulldogs had uh, Canterbury, um, Richmond had Lotto, South uh, Sydney had um, Puma, Essendon had uh, Reebok. So mm. there was just a bunch of different ones. And, yeah, they were just aligning themselves to the brand of that particular club. And as I say, maybe they did, maybe they didn't, most likely they didn't, have the production facilities to make the footy jumpers, but they got to send the T-shirts and the, you know, and every all the other apparel that came with sponsoring that club. So you sell a lot more polo shirts and T-shirts than you do footy jumpers. Yeah. So, so companies that make T-shirts and polo shirts are happy to put themselves up as a uh, yeah right well i think that um that probably takes us right up to 2000 just about doesn't it and that's probably a good place to draw a conclusion yeah that might be a good place to stop um well 2000 the uh the afl changes its logo these are things we're going to talk about next week but yeah the afl changes its logo and obviously they get on everything shoots and um jumpers as well and, uh, yeah, things change a little bit. I guess 2000 is really the beginning of every jumper being fully sublimated. You know, the um, the materials got better by this point too. It's a little stronger. Um, but, yeah, it's... Uh, I mean, it seems like, it seems like 2000 is not that long ago, but it's 20 years ago. So <laughs> it's... It's, uh, but realistically, the technology hasn't changed greatly over that time of, uh, of how they make the jumpers and so forth. But yeah, 2000 will be where we kick off from, from here. All right, nice. Well, we'll have links and um, all a lot of visuals for footyjumpers.com. We'll have a podcast, podcast nine. We'll have uh, all these all these visuals you'd have a look at. This will be definitely definitely worth paying a visit. Have a look as there's some there's some good designs here. And starting as you, we talked about the sublimation, it's first sort of different look. So it'd be good to go check it out there. So we'll have a link for that. And um, yeah, thanks for tuning in, and we'll catch you on the next episode. See you later, guys. Talk to you again next time. Cheers. Bye.